Welcome to The Clarifier. In this week's episode, we ask the question, are goals bullshit? I talk to CEO coach Trevor Hunter, who shares with us his learning about how to set effective goals. Turns out most of us are setting goals we think we can achieve, when what would really serve us is setting goals from which we can learn. There's just never going to be a right answer. There, there's no best practice. There's no right answer. There's no thing you are going to discover which uh, unlocks the future for you for all time. Everything is just too messy. You're too messy. I'm too messy. The world's too messy. And what that means is that the more that you are judging yourself or pressuring yourself to find that answer, the more you're just wasting your own potential, I think. I invite you to listen to this week's episode if you're setting your own goals, if you set goals for others, or if you're the person responsible for goal setting at your organization. Hi, Trevor. Hi, Angie. (laughs) Welcome to the Clarifier. How excited are you to be here? I can't tell you how excited I am to be here. Is that because... It's this excited. My daughter asked me when when she wants to size things, like, do we have this much time before we go? Do we have this much time? Are you this mad at me? Are you this mad at me? Yeah, it's you more of a, me. a qualitative measurement of how excited I am, and so it's difficult to put on paper. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so the topic that we're discussing today is goals, and I'm excited to get into this one with you because... Um, you, uh, you've been thinking deeply about this topic and you shared with me, uh, uh, sort of a headline or a takeaway that I was surprised by, um, which was goals are bullshit. (laughs) And the reason that's surprising to me is that because you as a coach spend most of your waking hours, uh, guiding CEOs on how to achieve their goals. Um, so what do you mean when you say goals are bullshit? <laughs> well, uh, I, uh, you know, as a contrarian, I'm, I'm prone to overstatement. Let me, uh, clarify the way that I think most people treat goal goals are bullshit. Um, goals are unavoidable. Goals are everywhere. Every single, uh, organism on this planet has a goal. Um, every complex adaptive system is going to have a goal. Uh, so goals exist. I'm not going to uh, try to argue against that. That seems uh, pointless. But the, the nature of goals, I think, is one that is uh, really um, far more uh, interesting but also difficult to uh, grasp and use than the sort of standard uh, uh, business way of thinking about it in terms of let's put something, let's put our key results, our objectives, everything on paper. Let's uh, report out on them every day for a quarter and then let's review, uh, you know, how we did and why we didn't achieve them if we did, if we didn't. And if we did, you know, hooray, let's pick harder goals next time. That whole what's process. Mi- what's missing? Yeah, what's yeah. missing from that way of thinking about goals? Yeah, what's missing, I think, is that, um, first of all, that way of thinking and operating against goals sort of fundamentally um, misses the fact 
that the chances that you have picked the right goal are close to zero. So what do I mean by that? Um, I said everything, every organism has goals. Great. Um, and so you take something like a bacteria. Bacteria has goals. Bacteria is also a very, very complicated, complicated thing. Um, if you take any uh, cell and molecular biology course, you get to learn all sorts of intricate machinery and all sorts of uh, interesting things just to make a bacteria go from here to here to, you know, eat a little bit more food. So then scale that up to the to humans, which not only have to deal with all of our cellular mechanisms, there's also neuronal mechanisms. There's uh, this entangled web of stuff that we have going on in our heads that are trying to serve so many different uh, implicit goals at once. The goals of wanting to be liked, of wanting to be in the in-group, the goal of wanting status within that group, the goal of wanting to preserve one's own security uh, in or out of a group, all these different things that are constantly, uh, constantly there for us. And so, and they don't go away just because you say, oh, and also I'm going to drive this project to completion by the end of the quarter with, you know, this much uh, monthly revenue. Mm. Those are all there at the same time. And so the fact that you've picked a goal doesn't mean that is your goal. And so you, every human being then will experience the tension between all the goals that they're trying to serve at any given point, which are all in service of survive and reproduce, essentially, like any other advanced organism, um, or any organism, really, uh, with this thing that either they have picked or has been given to them. And we simply don't and will never have absolute self-awareness of everything that's going on with us at any given point. So we're not going to be able to uh, understand, nor will we be able to help others understand what their exact goal should be given what is happening, who they are, given what they're like, given the context they're in. And so if you take that, uh, those facts, which is one, everyone has a goal, two, because of the complex nature of that goal, they don't really know what it is. And then three, uh, the way goals uh, are created and used in uh, business environments is essentially like pick something and go achieve that thing, go execute that thing. You have the recipe for what I think many of us see, which is those goals often aren't achieved. We often don't really understand why they're not achieved. It often just feels awful, miserable to try to pursue those goals. We're constantly looking around and seeing people doing things that don't make sense to us against the goal that we're all seeing that we have. People are thinking the same thing about you. You have a recipe for confusion that is uh, just completely inherent in uh, those three facts. So let me digest uh, what you're saying because that was really rich and you referred to a whole bunch of scientific disciplines which are outside my realm of knowledge. So I'm going to check and see what I understood from what you shared. So um, the first thing that I'm taking away is um, whatever whatever sort of, uh, wherever you are in the rung of species, the species ladder, you are pursuing a goal. And... uh, that goal is complex and compound. It's a result of all of the different systems that make you up. It's a result of 
evolutionary programming. It's a result of your current biology. It's a result of the hormones that are triggered in you because of the context that you're in in the moment. Um, and because that's a complex and compound goal, it is inherently unknowable, right? There's too many things that are going into it and it's evolving all the time. And so it's unknowable as a human, the goal that you're pursuing. But then we go into the office each day or into the Zoom room each day and we pretend like the goal that we're pursuing is the one that's on our sort of <coughs> OKRs for the quarter. And in that dissonance between the reality of what we're pursuing in any given moment and the thing we're stating out loud or explicitly that we're pursuing is the opportunity for confusion, but I think also potentially the opportunity for learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and so with that as our starting point, how should we think about goals? If the current system that exists in most organizations, right, which is we set goals, we commit to them, we check in on them on some basis, we talk about why things went wrong when they went wrong, we set higher goals in future. If that doesn't work, uh, how should we treat goals? Well, in answering that question, uh, of course, it's it's implicit in the mission of the podcast that we are talking on. Um, <clears throat> but how we should treat goals if we want to unleash human potential, if we want to get as much out of people in terms of both their productivity and their experience uh, as we can um, for the company's good and for their good, then uh, then I think, you know, I... I um, Previously, was more of an anti-goals radical. Um, uh, I think perhaps the first time you ever heard me say goals are bullshit, I maybe was even further over the line of like, yeah, screw all goals. None of them. Like, just call them something else. They're not goals. Um, uh, then I was confronted with the, the reality that you have to uh, coordinate with people and people have to understand what it is you're doing. Um, but against the the idea that you are trying to unleash the person's potential you're trying to unleash your own potential and uh, that the way to do that is by learning learning um, as fast uh, as uh, is possible learning better than everyone else it's a distinct competitive advantage for you in the company in the labor market wherever uh, it's a distinct competitive advantage for a company, of course. If you're able to learn faster than everyone else, you're going to win. And so goals can be a really, really useful tool. In fact, probably a critical tool for learning, especially learning in coordinated groups. So if you take the goal out of the out of the perspective of this is a, a thing that, um, you know, has been handed to us that we need to achieve in order to make the numbers work for, you know, what have you, for our report to our investors or um, to uh, make our manager happy or whatever the sort of underlying motivation is. And you instead reframe the goal as this is the way that we learn the fastest about um, how to... Uh, be our best selves at work, how to achieve the most meaningful results for ourselves uh, at work, um, then they can be extremely useful. 
Can you uh, take that from the sort of abstract and theoretical and say, what what does that actually mean? How, How would I set a goal differently? How would I pursue a goal differently if my intent were to learn from it individually or as a group, as opposed to sort of blindly pursue the achievement of it? What would it look like to do that differently? Yeah, so one of the things that in working on clients I encountered over and over again when I would talk to them about goals is they would keep asking me, well, how do I know that it's a good goal? How do what's like a what's a the right goal? What's a, a good way to measure my goals? Should I be using you know a smart goals? Should I be doing fast goals? Should I be doing OKR? Should I be doing something else? Um, and you know, ninety percent of the time, the the quote unquote right answer that I would tell them is just just pick something. If you're taking the perspective that the goal is just a way for you to learn, then its most important aspect is simply that it exists. Um, the more time you spend trying to find the right goal, the less time you are spending acting against a even an arbitrary goal to see what's true. Mm. We're trying to figure out what's actually true. That it's not just a we're not just complex ourselves. Organizations are not just complex themselves. Markets are complex. The entire ecosystem in which we are operating is a complex thing. The nature of complexity means you're not going to be able to easily or at all predict it. You're not going to be able to Mm. say, like, this is the correct way because the things that I believe about the world right now are going to ineluctably be true for six months. That's never true. So you just need something in the ground so that you can start moving forward um, so that you can start learning because the world's going to be changing around you too and you want to be acting against the world. You don't want to be thinking against it. Give us an example. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, and then and then to be clear, within that frame, there's, there's better ways of thinking about goals, in it, which is not only do you want it to exist, you uh, generally want the path to learning to be uh, pretty short. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't pick a further goal so long as you have picked something more close to you uh, that will give you a signal earlier on. If you set a goal where you essentially get no data back against that goal for six months, for a year, for five years, well, then it will your learning cycle, that's, that's how long it's going to be. You don't want to wait five years before you figure out whether you uh, were right in your assumptions or not. First of all, you weren't. <laughs> we never are. And that's fine. That's good. Uh, so if we want to figure out how we're not right in our assumptions, not only do you just want to put a stake in the ground in a goal, but you also want that stake to be um, relatively near in the future so that you can get the quickest information back about w- where your assumptions were flawed. So I think what I'm hearing you say is there are a few traps around goal setting that people can fall into. The first of which I heard is um, that a, a goal is something you have to achieve as opposed to a goal is a way of orienting your action and then learning from having taken that action. I'm also hearing you say that you can fall into a trap of, of um, really trying to pick the right goal as opposed to picking a goal because that's what'll motivate sort of the action taking and the and the learning. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think I'm also hearing you say that um uh that uh picking a goal and um having a way of uh measuring 
getting a feedback loop on a time horizon that actually allows you to then learn and um, pick better, whether that's changing your goal, whether that's changing the way that you're pursuing it, is uh, a measure of whether that's a useful goal or not. Right. The the thing I'd love to have you talk a little bit more about, which still feels a little bit um, abstract to me, I want to try and make it real, is what kind of learning are you getting as you're moving towards that goal that you've picked to get yourself taking action? And if, if, if it, it would be helpful to me if you have one to maybe share an example of a client you've worked with where you've gone through this loop of just pick a goal and get moving. Yeah, sure. So uh, to start conceptual, as is my want, um, the, uh, the type of learning that you are likely to get is learning about um, yourself, learning about your context, or learning about the interface between those two things. Um, when I say context, uh, I mean both uh, existing processes, systems, I also mean other people. Something that every context represents, this is going to be uh, quite conceptual too, contexts are representations of constraints. Uh, and by constraints, I mean if your uh, investors have an expectation of you and uh, they have higher fire authority over you, you should know what those things are. That is a constraint upon you, assuming you don't want to get fired. If, uh, if you are working in product and marketing has its own goals uh, that you are also serving, those goals are a constraint upon uh, what is available to you. And constraints aren't bad. Constraints are good, actually. Constraints are everywhere. If you had literally zero constraints, it would uh, most likely be extremely overwhelming and also um, you probably wouldn't achieve anything. I used to work in uh, the arts a lot, and I'd work in uh, with musicians, uh, composers. And one of the first things any composer uh, that I worked with would, would get is like, okay, here's what the commission is. You're writing for this type of group. It's going to be about this, you know, 10 to 15 minutes or two hours or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be performed on this date. Uh, it's going to pay you this much. And so you start to have the basic outlines of like, okay, here's the available pieces that I can actually write. And then what all of the truly excellent composers that I got to know would do as a first step is they would start to give themselves more constraints. They would start to set more things. Uh, on them uh, to say, well, you know, I can't write this type of piece, I have to write this type of piece, or I'm going to really explore this type of theme, etc. Those are all just parts of a context that you might be imposing upon the context, that others might be imposing upon the context, but whether you're a composer or whether you're a uh, CEO or mid-level manager or whoever, you are going to have constraints. Um, and Part of it is you don't know what all your constraints are. Um, you don't know everything that everybody is expecting of you. You don't know everything the market expects of you, what customers expect of you. And sure, you could go get more information on that, but you'll never know all of it. And so part of acting against a goal is gathering more information about what those constraints, what those expectations of others are. And so to use an example, um, I'm working with a um, chief product officer. And uh, so early on in the relationship, asked 
what is, you know, what are your goals? What are the expectations that your CEO has for you? And uh, she gave an answer that was uh, started with the mission of the company. Um, and I had also heard the mission of the company from others. Those had their own problems, but by and large, like reporting back, yes, that is what I what I hear others talk about as well. And then um, going to well, given that mission, I need to improve performance of uh, the product function. Like, okay, um, what does that mean? What is the time? What how is that being measured? What are there any uh, particular projects or um, any sub goals associated with that? And she said, well, essentially like, yeah, some ideas that I have, but not really. It's like, okay, how do you sync with your manager about uh, these goals? Oh, well, my manager basically tells me, uh, you know, I need to uh, learn how to manage better. Uh, but we don't really sync about these particular, we don't really sync about any detail about these goals. Uh, my CEO sort of expects me to come up with it myself. Like, okay. And what are the near-term goals? Like, is there anything that the company is expected to deliver on? Well, you know, we have to re we've made these commitments uh, to the board uh, that we have to report on next quarter, and um, and some of those things kind of relate to what I'm doing, but most of them really don't. Like, okay, so I'm going to say you don't really have goals, and she said, well. <laughs> Uh, I guess, yeah, they're not great. Um, it's like, okay, so you want to improve performance. And I can connect that you would want to uh, improve performance based upon previous behavioral patterns I've seen from you, based upon previous outcomes you've achieved that I thought were meaningful to you. So I, I can buy that you want to improve performance, even though that's way too wide of a brush to paint with. What would improving performance mean to you? And she said, oh, well, there's, there's this one project that um, uh, with uh, improving the talent of our VP layer that I think uh, we need to do in order to get more redundancy in the organization. I said, okay, well, for various reasons, um, I don't think that's uh, that goal uh, is necessarily the greatest goal, but I don't care. Let's mm. put it in the ground put a stake in it um, and say that you are uh, going to, over the next six months, which was the time horizon she gave me, over the next six months, you're going to improve the performance of your organization by increasing the level of redundancy um, that exists at uh, the VP level. Like, okay, let's start setting goals then about what is the thing that would prevent you from doing that now? What's What are some of the biggest barriers? And she said, well, uh, right now my design really just doesn't work. Um, she has good, a lot of my clients don't necessarily see that particular part, but she sees it. Um, and she said, uh, but I'm not really sure what to do about that, uh, if I need to make new hires or something. But I definitely need to get certain responsibilities off my plate. I definitely need to be managing at a different level, so I'm uh, managing to increase the um, talent component of the organization. Great. So then let's move into, um, let's set a goal then, a nearer term goal of we are going to create uh, a goal of you 
um, reorganizing the the design around you, not reorganizing product as a whole, but just redesigning around you to get you more leverage and get you uh, more attention, more time to be able to spend time um, improving the capacity of others or hiring where that does not exist. Um, and so, uh, so what are our options there? Start talking to her about who else was in their organization, and um, and there were some potential people. It's like, well, you know, maybe they could step up, or maybe they could work on this. It's like, all right, great. So now we're going to set a one month goal where you are going to uh, create um, experiments with these three people to see if they can uh, deliver these particular in these particular areas that would provide support for the idea that they could hold these responsibilities for you in service to your talent goal in service to the company's goals and um also the other thing we're testing just to be clear at the same time is whether or not you can actually manage people at that level because Mm. just as they are as an experience at this level you are an experience managing at this level so that's that's all what we're experimenting with in service to these goals. One of the things you keep doing, Trevor, that I want to call out is as you walk us through this story of selecting a goal, narrowing in on the part of it that can be pursued in the near term, et cetera, is I hear you articulating the hypothesis that this person, this chief product officer, tests by pursuing this goal. And so I think you said earlier on, the measure of the goal is not uh, whether you achieve it. The measure of the goal is whether you can learn from it. And so what I hear you doing at each step as you are defining and refining this goal with this client is, what are you going to learn from pursuing this? What is the hypothesis you have that makes this goal worthwhile that we're going to test and we're going to learn from as we go after it? Yeah. And, and if I think back to what feels brittle about so many goal setting and goal evaluation processes I've been a part of and I've seen, it's, it's, it's missing that step. What hypothesis are we testing by pursuing this goal so that we can be committed to gathering the data and learning against that hypothesis, not just measuring whether the actual business outcome was achieved? Yeah, that's, that's a great call out. Um, thank you. Yeah. I, I have explicitly stated to her, because um, this is all still in progress, uh, I've explicitly stated to her, I am not holding it as a guarantee that what makes the most sense to you, for you, is to manage at this level. So my hypothesis is you can, because of you're a good structural thinker, because you're good with people, because um, you know various things. I think I think this might fit with something you would really be talented at that you would find purposeful. And I don't know what I don't know. So I am not just setting this goal to say, this is what you have to achieve. I am setting this goal as a test for that, a test of you in this particular context. And, uh, and so this test is a hypothesis. It is a validation or invalidation of that hypothesis. We'll diagnose as it goes along. We're not going to get to the end of it. It's like either you, you're a good manager or a bad manager. It's just what have we learned? But that is that is how I would measure it was a good goal. If we kept setting that goal and we kept learning, learning that, oh, she's struggling with this. Well, mm-hmm. you know, at what point are we not learning anything at all? Well, then it's a bad goal. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a analogy that's coming to mind that's like in the realm of sports, which is a dangerous one for me to go into because oh, I really know sports. nothing about it. Sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the one little, the one little thing I can relate to in the, in the world of like athletics and athleticism is my brief foray into uh, trying to become a runner. And so the, the thing that I uh, can relate to is this idea of as I set faster and faster desired mile times, it's not actually about hitting those mile times, but it's about the learning of what do I need to do to get there? What do I need to do in my training? What do I need to do in my strength training, et cetera, to be able to hit those times? Um, and so that feels like a very tangible and concrete analogy to mm -hmm. what I think I hear you saying you can do in a professional context, which is set the goal. But really what you're doing by setting your, the goal is you're giving yourself the opportunity to practice with a, a deliberate experiment or a test in mind. Yeah. And not to uh, expand the, the field of what we're talking about too much, um, and I definitely won't keep talking sports metaphors, uh, if, those, if the hypothesis is validated, if you see the person start to manage better, if you yourself start running faster, your standards will change. Your standards will evolve uh, upward. You will start to expect more of yourself. You will start to believe you are capable of more. You will start to believe others are capable of more. And those upwardly shifting standards as a result of that practice, as a result of that learning, are actually tremendously valuable to yourself and mm. to, the, to the organization. Versus if you hadn't done that at all, you're still operating with the standards that you had three months ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I want to take us from this example to how we make it, um, this what we've been talking about, practical and applicable. Um, for somebody, manager, could be a CEO, um, could be a COO working with an executive team, um, somebody who's embarking on a goal-setting process. What advice would you have for that person? Yeah, so the first advice I would say is um, a... A uh, specific goal is better than a fuzzy goal is better than no goal. Put something out there. And the more specific you can make it, the more you can um, generate a hypothesis based on that goal, the better. It doesn't have to be good. I don't care. When I, when I coach people, I don't care if it's a good goal. Just I don't. If it's a bad goal, you'll learn faster. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll see real quickly like oh this we're not learning anything against this doesn't make sense um if it's a uh but if it's a great goal then you will start to see um consistent learning consistent synthesis consistent things that uh i think for a lot of my clients just tend to surprise themselves um so one is just pick something Make it so that it's specific, specific enough that you can actually create a hypothesis based on it and start acting against it. That's one. And then the second is uh, the closer in the future that you can make it, given constraints, investors expect things, lots of people expect things. So given constraints, the closer in the future you can make it, the shorter the time horizon you can operate in, the faster you will learn. You can still have the mission. You can still have the big goal in the background. Nothing saying you can't. When I'm talking goal, I mean the thing you are actively pursuing right now. The closer it is, 
the faster you'll be able to test what your assumptions are, the faster you'll be able to test what your model of the world and yourself was, the faster you'll be able to learn. And I think um, then Im implicit in what you're saying, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody who's responsible for a goal-setting process in an organization, is this idea of um, goals loosely held and systematically reevaluated based on the learning. Because if you're picking goals without a lot of scrutiny and worry about whether they're the right goals, and the point is learning, <laughs> then probably you're going to change those goals through time, either because your standards are getting better or you understand your constraints more or whatever it is. And so one of the things that I perceive in my experience and when I work with clients is often missing from a goal-setting process is uh, not just measuring against the goal, but evaluating whether the goal still makes sense. Yeah. If you gave me uh, an option between I can have an excellent goal-setting process or I can have an excellent goal-management process, I would pick excellent goal-management every time. Goal-setting yeah. to me, when I work with clients, more often than not is like an anxious replacement for the fact that the management systems aren't working. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question. Oh, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> but since you are such a widely read person, Trevor, um, if, uh, if, if others listening or watching want to know um, which authors or what studies have informed your thinking to come to your contrarian goals are bullshit perspective, <laughs> Um, what should they pick up and read? Um, this one is more radical than I am, but I still love it. In fact, it's right here. Oh, huh. I didn't know you were going to be able to give us a visual aid. Yeah, are you no, glad this, we're? Aren't were you glad we're on video? You didn't want I'm to be on so video. I'm so glad we're on video so that I can hawk <laughs> this particular book written by two uh, uh, AI specialists, actually. Um, so why greatness cannot be planned uh, by Kenneth O. Stanley and Joel Lehman. Uh, so I, I read that book over Christmas. I really, really liked it. They are uh, more extreme than I am in terms of their beliefs about goals being bullshit in all forms. Uh, I am uh, a little skeptical of the realities of managing a complex organization with a completely goals is bullshit um, uh, mentality, um, more so than them. But the way that they walk through... Um, the nature of goals and the nature of human creativity and how to uh, build um, the most uh, significant and uh, novel and revolutionary things uh, with a goalless orientation, uh, I found uh, uh, very, very intriguing and um, not 100% uh, convincing, but largely very convincing. And so I, I recommended that book to to many people at this point. So listeners <laughs> it'll be in the show notes <laughs> <laughs> all right trevor this is the part of my script where i say uh do you have a clever funny closing statement <laughs> you want to give us a final a final thought on goals <laughs> <laughs> is this just the the other end of the dad joke yeah. <laughs> um, for those who don't know, in our organization at Talentism, uh, in the first two minutes of any meeting of mine, it's dad joke time. <laughs> and I love it. I love dad jokes. 
Um, yeah, this is this is the opportunity. If there's anything that we didn't get to um, on the topic of, of goals and, and sort of your evolving thinking on how to use them, um, uh, that you can that you can share it. Yeah, I mean, just go try things. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> is are there things I didn't talk about? Sure, I'm shocked I didn't talk about uh, monkeys once. Um, but uh, but there's a lot to goals. There's a lot to. There's, even way more to humans. Um, and there's a lot to each individual. And so the, the real, um, uh, I apologize, this isn't funny, but the real like um, revolution in the thinking, I think, uh, to, to use a term I'm uncomfortable with, um, is there's just never going to be a right answer. There, there's no best practice. There's no right answer. There's no thing you are going to discover which uh, unlocks the future for you for all time. Everything is just too messy. You're too messy. I'm too messy. The world's too messy. Um, and uh, what that means is that the more that you are um, judging yourself or pressuring yourself to find that answer the more you're just wasting your own potential, I think. Um, and we're all guilty. I've, I'm certainly guilty of it. But that also that mess is just a tremendous opportunity to surprise yourself. And I know for a lot of us who work at Talentism um, and who coach that many of our most rewarding moments are when our clients in their explorations discover things about themselves that they just didn't didn't know were possible they discover things about people they work with they didn't know were possible and to me that's uh that's the greatest thing you can you can find out to find out uh what you're capable of that you didn't know and goals are a way you can find those things out Ooh, that one hit me right between the ventricles. <laughs> as, as someone who is prone to the end of the spectrum of setting goals, I know I can achieve because uh, the reward signal in the systems I've operated in is to achieve, <laughs> to get the gold star. Um, what's exciting to me about uh, what we talked about today is, um, yeah, you, I mean, set crazy ass goals <laughs> and see what you learn from doing that. <laughs> see what you might be capable of when you're actually scared of the goal that you set. Um, but um, thank you, Trevor, uh, for being on this podcast for the first time. Thank you, Angie. I felt safe. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hey.